This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, actress, writer, director, all around involved in everything at this point, Allison Marie Volk. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, we're we're talking today about Deanie Bean is Dead. We first met at the red carpet for the Lone Ranger at California Adventure, so it's been quite a while. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. What a small <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. Nice to chat with you again. Yeah. Well, it was hilarious. <laughs> that day was hilarious because all the L.A. press were complaining about having to come to Orange County. And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, what a terrible life you have to spend the day at Disneyland. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was really um, – that's so funny that we met there because that was a really intense experience. That was like – wasn't it like the longest red carpet in history or some something crazy like that? The, it was pretty close. It went from just past the gate all the way to the Hyperion Theater. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you guys, you guys time. earned your money that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to everybody you could. I know that's yep, that's true. It was a lot of fun though. It was quite an adrenaline rush, yeah. I have to say. Well, today we're talking about Deanie Bean is Dead, which is out on July 10th. Uh, kind of a dark rom com, if uh, if we can even call it a rom com at this point. Yeah, so we've been saying it's a dark comedy with romance, and actually. Uh, Earlier, you said I was the director, but I actually didn't direct this film. This was directed by Mikhail Kreutzriegler, and um, and he likes to say it's a dark comedy with romance. <laughs> well, I said you've been a director, but you know, I think exactly. I think I came it came out wrong. So my apologies to to Mikhail. You know, I'm not going to step on your toes, sir. <laughs> I'm sure he yeah. won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in this film, you, you play a character that is definitely down on her luck and has very low self-esteem after being dumped by by her fiancé and then crashing his engagement party on top of everything else. Oh, yes. It's up for lots of fun, lots of laughs. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're hoping, at least. It, it definitely had some fun moments. Uh I, I definitely like the Australian lady that played your boss, whose name is escaping me at the moment, and I hope oh, she good. forgives that's, me. Uh, that's Wendy Wilkins. <laughs> Thank Still you. love being mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Wendy started off as kind of a nasty character in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah. And I was amazed because Wendy in person is just the most uh, kind, generous, like nicest person ever so when she was able to turn around and be that nasty boss i was like okay you got some chops here she's she's really great yeah well the whole movie was fun it was well acted you know it, it seems like you get i what i like about indie films quite a bit is you know the the limited set and the limited budget because now you have to be more creative and mm -hmm. i like dialogue so when the dialogue works then it then it actually makes it for an enjoyable film not everything has to be uh, what comic books refer to as a splash page, just giant panels of big art, you know, kind of like what yeah. a lot of the superhero movies are. And don't get me wrong, superhero movies are my bread and butter, and I love those movies. But sometimes I want a story-driven film. Sure. Yeah, I think we all do. I think that's human nature. Yeah. Well, you're one of the writers on this as well, or are you the only writer on this film? Yes, I am the sole writer of this Ooh. script. <laughs> Although Mikhail did help me develop it, he he gave me feedback and notes and 
So we went back and forth a little bit. And, you know, once we ended up on set, there were definitely moments where we would start talking through a scene. And the fun part about an indie project like this is we were able to, like, change lines really quick and, like, make last-minute adjustments. So things were very nimble and flexible on this set, which was very enjoyable. That sounds like it could be fun because, you know, the fact that you're allowed to to change things. But is it more difficult also being the writer and the star because you know what you put down on the page and how you want it to come out? So I know you've had the table reads and the dress rehearsals and everything else that goes into this. And then if it didn't work on camera or for that scene, was it a little disheartening or was it like, all right, we'll just fix it on the fly? You know, part of what, in my experience, part of the joy of making a film is that you write something and it's all perfect in your head. But then once it comes out, like when actors are speaking your lines, you realize that, oh, maybe it doesn't quite work. It's a little different out loud than it was on the page. And I think you just have to be open as a writer to allowing other people to come in and like bring their creative genius to make the project better. So for me, it's not about trying to force the thing that I envisioned in the first place. It's about trying to usher this story forward in the best, most effective way possible. Gotcha. Uh, we've all had our fair share of bad breakups, um, except for the uh-huh. few lucky people that met the like love of their life in like Sunday school at age seven, you know, yeah. who, who I'm jealous of. Uh, was this inspired by a breakup or a past relationship or anything like that? Or did you just think it'd be fun to, to have a woman who uh, really didn't understand her own strengths and then finally develop it through 90 plus minutes of a film? Well, I'd have to say all of the above. I've definitely had my share of uh, very painful breakups. Uh, I know well, I'm very well acquainted with the idea of heartbreak, but um, I also love the idea of a woman sort of coming into herself in the span of the movie. I think that's a really fun story to watch somebody like getting themselves basically. Now there's a secondary character in the film who's kind of narrating the story, but it's essentially one of those uh, murder porn podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and those were really big for a while. And, And men, let's be honest. We were scared of our ladies listening to them going, is she trying to figure out how to get away with offing me? Um, Oh my God. (laughs) We got. We need to have some levity in a pandemic, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, perfect. You know, were there? Any, you know, part of that. You know, were you into the those type of radio programs or podcasts or even those like ID ID shows where they talk about the people that got away with the uh, murders? You know, I've listened to one or two, but after a while, I realized that I actually. You might be surprised to learn I don't really have the stomach for it. I. I <laughs> It's hard for me to talk about it or not talk about it, but it's hard for me to hear people talking about like the details of, of murder, which is probably why all the violence in Beanie Bean is pretty brief and, you know, it's not graphic. There's really no graphic violence in this movie, but um, I am a big Shakespeare fan and I'm a big Hitchcock fan. So there's, you know, there's some grisly things that they talk about in those and both of both of those people uh art. So I think that inspired it. Right. As well. well. That that makes it fun because you know, I'll listen to that stuff from time to time and be like, My God, these people are no so nonchalant about it. 
It's like, oh, yeah, and then she chopped off his head and then, you know, took off a couple of digits or whatever. And then they went to lunch and, you know, they hung out at Olive Garden for the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard (laughs) to relate to that, isn't it? It is. (laughs) But sometimes it makes for a great story. And, you know, your film, this is a little spoiler I'm going to give, is a tad bit incestual with some of the characters, you know, because (laughs) of Tom and Myron being siblings and, you having been engaged to one and then the interest in the other and then the current fiance is jealous of your previous relationship and going back and forth with all that. Yes. I mean, I think technically it's not incest, but I understand completely (laughs) what you're saying. (laughs) But once again, that's kind of like what you were saying earlier where you have limited location, so it's got to be dialogue based and it, And when I was writing the script, I asked myself, how could I make this as interesting as possible in this one location? Because we have several locations, but the one main one is is her ex-fiance's house. So how can as much intrigue as possible happen in this house in one night? And uh, so, yeah, that that sort of romantic musical chairs was definitely part of it. (laughs) It gave it a bit of a Melrose Place vibe for those of us that are old enough to remember that series. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, take me through the writing process of the film, you know, because indie films usually have anywhere between two weeks to 30 days to film. So, you know, from from inception to completion, let, let's run through some of that a little bit. Sure. So Mikhail and I have actually made a number of short films together. And um, after one day we were shooting a film, we had finished and we were having dinner and my fiance at the time was there and so was his girlfriend and we were all kind of sitting around and his girlfriend said you guys should just make a feature why do you keep making all these short films and we looked at each other and we were like yeah we should so i went home and i kind of started stewing on it and um i i had just gone through a pretty intense experience um i won't go into the details but i i had faced a lot of my own self-doubt and like uncertainty about my place in the industry. And um, those feelings were fresh for me. So when I put all the details together of like which locations we could use, which actors I thought would be interested and the boiling pot of emotion that I had just gone through, Beanie is what was born. And within a matter of months, the script was, basically ready to go. It it went back and forth between Mikhail and I as we workshopped it and we did table reads and we got feedback and all that stuff. But um, he is the film chair, the chair of the film department at LNU up in LA. So we knew that we had to shoot it when they weren't in school. So basically we said, let's make a feature. We wrote the script and we shot it during his Christmas break or winter break, technically. Um, And it was very fast process. And for those that don't know what LMU is, it's Loyola Marymount University. Oh, yes. Thank you. So I guess it is Christmas break because it's a Catholic university. So it's not, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you you said something that I was like, I want to be clear on this. So it was your ex-fiance and Mikhail's girlfriend, not your your fiance at the time and his girlfriend. Oh, Yes, that is worth clarifying, isn't uh, it? <laughs> okay, because it sounded a, a bit libertine there. I was like, you're you're filming at a Catholic school, and this strange polyamorous relationship 
the oh. <laughs> during Christmas, it, it would have been a bit awkward. Okay, so to <laughs> clarify, it was yeah. Mikhail and Mikhail's girlfriend, right. and me and my fiance at the time. Now we're married, so now he's my husband. But it was the four of us sort of having like a double date dinner situation and talking about movies. I'm glad we cleared that up, and you know we can laugh about it. Me and by too. the way, <laughs> and congratulations on the nuptials as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, your husband sitting there going, "I had a girlfriend at the same time." Really? I didn't, yeah, like he, it'd be news to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, but the shoot schedule, I assume, was between two weeks and 30 days. You know, you didn't have six months to do to do all this. Right. Yeah. So I think I think in total we shot about 16 days. And, you know, when it's an indie film and you're working with such a low budget, you do kind of have to to spread things out. So we did a week at the house and then we did a few days at the office. And it was kind of spread out over the course of like maybe six months, which was which could be frustrating at times. Like you'll see at some point in the movie, my hair looks a little bit different because time had gone by and then I had to get a haircut, but the hairdresser didn't get it quite right. So so there's like, you know, stuff like that in the movie that uh, an eagle eye could catch. We'll just chalk that up to her descent into madness and depression. And she was just messing up her hair. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> No. That's a great interpretation. There we go. Yeah, but it but it is interesting because you sit there and at some points you you root for Deanie and then at other points you're just like, is she just gonna do it and get it over with? Like it, it's <laughs> it's that point of you know either either you know do your business or get off the pot type deal. Right. You know. Yes. <laughs> well, I. It's hard for me to say because I feel like I'm always rooting for Deanie, uh-huh. but I'm biased, of course. Right. Well, how much of you is in Deanie? Because, you know, writer, you're the writer and, and the lead actress in this as well. So, you know, when you create, a part of you has to be into the character. It's not just something that you're magically pulling out of thin air. Yes, that is so true. And I'll just say first that I have never physically harmed anybody intentionally so let's just get that out of the way. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of me and Deanie. I mean, she, of course, is much more extreme than I am. But I have certainly felt heartbreak and jealousy and uh, rage. And uh, I, I mean, I think most of us have felt those emotions to some extent. Deanie just takes it to the next level. <laughs> Beyond what I would ever want to do. Right. And then go seek spiritual healing on top of it. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the the movie itself is roughly 90 minutes, which is ideal for a film, because sometimes I'll end up seeing something that'll go two and a half hours. And I was like, you know, they could have shaved off 45 minutes of this. Mm. Um, was there an attempt to make it you know, as close to 90 minutes as possible? Or was there a bunch of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor that you wished could have ended up in the film. No, I think we were, I think Mikhail just said it's going to be as long as it's going to be. And we actually came in. I mean, if you look at the shooting script and then you look at the movie, they're pretty close. There isn't, there really isn't much in the way of scenes that were cut. Um, and we had to even go back and add a couple scenes just to make sure that everything was like flowing naturally and the story made sense. So we we were pretty on the mark for that. I'm not sure how that happened, but but it did. 
<laughs> well, uh, that's great that you were on the mark and you made it work in 16 days of shooting. Yes. Yeah. I chalk it up to Mikkel's incredible experience and foresight there when it comes to production. And now it just adds to his resume of being a professor at LMU. Yeah, totally. Yeah, telling the kids, oh, you have a semester to finish your film and you can't do seven minutes. I did one in 16 days for an hour and a half. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it sets a high bar for those kids, for sure. Yeah. Since now you're married and you were engaged at the time and your husband has to hear you write the script and then find out that, you know, she's a, a neurotic character that's dealing with this heartache and you know, attempted murder and attempted suicide and, you know, uh, murder porn podcast. Does he look at you in a light and go, hmm, what I get into at this point? <laughs> I'm sure he's thought that many times. <laughs> but, you know, um, he's actually in the movie. He plays the character of Myron. Ah, so, okay. So he was along, he was along for the ride. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, if he... If he had any surprises during the process, it's a good thing he saw them then before we got married because he knew what he got into. (laughs) He's like, this is a docudrama of our relationship. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't want to say that. I'm teasing. I'm (laughs) teasing. You have a good sense of humor, so I'm glad we could could joke around a bit about this. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you write a movie about a woman who, like, attempts murder several times, you kind of have to joke about it, right? (laughs) Right. And then... And your husband was Myron in the film, and I thought at first I was just like, "Is that Chris Gorm for you know in, in the film?" Oh, you know, because oh he looked God. a lot like him in in the in the scene. Oh, I'll tell him that you said that. That's yeah. so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's no, he's um actually he's a fairly well established uh, Shakespeare actor here in Orange County. He's he's a member of Shakespeare Orange County, and he does a ton of stage work. And I just I think his acting is so good. Oh, he was Everyone fantastic. in the movie was so good. I just Really, really enjoyed working with every single person who was in the cast. Well, I hope Myron specifically. And Myron specifically, (laughs) We got to give your husband credit. No, he was fantastic in the film, too. I didn't realize he was your husband. Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, that's one perk. You can get your husband to be in all your movies if he's an actor. (laughs) And if he's not, he gets to be the lighting guy. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You wanted to be in show business, kid. Here you go. Yeah. But how does this affect things like now? Because, you know, uh, filming schedules are now clearly limited. And if anything's being done, it's going to be a skeleton crew. And since your husband is a stage performer primarily, uh, what does that do for people in theater? Because obviously we can't go to, say, Laguna Beach Playhouse or, you know, Long Beach Playhouse or any of those things at this time. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, everything... Well, first of all, we have to be we have to be smart about like social distancing and everything. So, like that, of course, is is top priority to make sure that people don't get sick. And um, and at the same time, it it just kind of sucks for <laughs> live performers right now because who's going to sit in the audience, you know? Right. So, fortunately, we have this film coming out, so we're still able to like be sort of active and feel relevant. But um, but nothing is really going on for for the theater world at the moment, as far as I know. But will you guys be doing like more short films or you know very skeleton crew type seven eight minute uh, maybe docs or something, just to keep the creative juices flowing? Yeah, 
totally. We've got we've got a couple things cooking, um, but I don't have anything I can talk about just yet. But we're we're definitely thinking the way you're talking, you know, skeleton crew, still being creative and making things happen. Well, when you can finally talk about them, I'm down the freeway, so we can make it happen. All right, you yeah. got it. <laughs> Straight shot down the 405, you know. Yes. Yeah, and probably not that long of a drive either. Not now, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Six months ago, it would take it an hour and a half. Now it would probably take 15 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. actually pretty accurate, I think. <laughs> For people that aren't familiar with L.A. traffic and the jokes that people make about Southern California, they're all true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unfortunately for us. Yes. But, you know, Long Beach, uh, you know, was the original hub of Hollywood. You know, they used to film there until oil was found and everything got moved up to the valley. Uh, it seems like there might be a little bit of resurgence in the Long Beach area for filmmaking. Uh, is that something that you guys would look into and keep things, you know, uh, South County of, of L.A. and then Orange County area? Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny because most of my actor friends at this point are, are in Long Beach or Orange County. Like, it seems like a lot of people just want the extra space that you get moving a little bit farther south. And um, that's so that's so interesting. I Actually, I didn't know about the oil. I didn't know that it was the oil that drove people out of Long Beach, or not didn't drive people out, but the industry out. That's That's a little tidbit that I did not know. Well, that's something we you know we found out, so we got to share the wealth of knowledge. Yeah. No matter I how trivial. You know, I, <laughs> I did some research on like the the hate the theater heyday of Long Beach, and in like the 1920s, there were just the most beautiful theaters like through the city, which have mostly been demolished at this point. It makes me so sad, but um, it's really interesting to to look up the history. Right. Um, with, with theater, you, know, you mentioned theaters, and I was going to ask about that. Uh, the film's coming out on VOD, and you know, I, I've become a bigger fan of staying home to watch films. Um, mm-hmm. Not not because you know I'd have to drive to the valley for you know to to watch um, press screenings. You know that wasn't the issue, but you know people playing on their cell phones in the middle of a movie in the theater and oh, yeah. leaving it on full brightness. I remember I was at a film festival. And the movie wasn't good, so I understand that the guy wanted to play Candy Crush on his phone, but he's sitting right in front of me, and it was on full brightness, and I leaned in, and I said to him, I was like, look, pal, I know the movie's not good, but can you at least turn the brightness down? Oh. Yeah. Did he? Uh, Yeah, he did, actually. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So I was happy with that, you know. It didn't have to come to fisticuffs, but... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all you want in a, in a movie theater and in a film festival. <laughs> oh, you know, I've noticed. I'm. I have the same train of thought as you that I do. Actually, maybe prefer watching movies at home. And for me, it's that I can't stand listening to someone like opening their candy or like rustling their popcorn in the theater. Like that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that now bothers me so much. It's it's like really weird. It's not being able to be fully engulfed in the cinematic experience anymore. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but uh, you know, the film's out on v- is coming out on VOD July 10th. It's an hour and a half. Let's say you know I got money to burn this weekend. I want to watch one or two films. Why do I need to pick Dini Bean is Dead? Oh, pick Dini Bean is Dead because you want an escape from the pandemic. 
and you just want to laugh and see a little bit of romance and see a little woman off her rocker, like doing crazy kooky things, and you want to feel like tenderly connected to somebody who is very endearing but also makes a ton of mistakes. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. But it's always you petite ones that we have to worry about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now you're born. <laughs> well, I don't have to worry. Your husband does. Yeah. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, the, the film itself is just fun. It's dark at times. Sometimes you – this is from my my opinion, of course. Sometimes I root for Beanie. Sometimes I was like, just finish yourself already. Um, the end, I thought the end of the movie was, was hilarious. Um, I'm so glad. You know, uh, one more spoiler, the, uh, the grandmother engagement ring, yes. uh, where Myra, where Myron even confronts you about it post disposal, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I thought was like the climactic perfect way to mess with Dini's character. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that moment. I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a, is there a favorite scene of yours in the film that that you could share that isn't uh, you know an end spoiler? Yes, there is a musical number, an unexpected musical number, when Dini is particularly distraught. She goes outside with Myron, and um, and he starts playing guitar, and they have this little romantic duet. That is quickly interrupted, but I, I love that scene. I think it's so romantic and sweet and just really tender. That's my favorite scene. That's a good scene. A bit vengeful, though. A bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if you have a revenge comedy where someone goes, tries to break up their ex-fiance's current engagement, you have to be a bit vengeful. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Allison, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Oh, so I'm on Instagram at, at Allison Volk. I'm also on Twitter, same handle, at Allison Volk, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, V as in Victor, O-L-K. Thank you for spelling that out because I wanted to make it clear that there's two L's in Allison. Yes. You know, there's so many variations on name spelling these days that Allison could have had six L's for all we know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Allison Marie Volk, thank you so much for your time today. I'm glad I got to talk to you. It's been far too long. Uh, we're definitely going to have to make this, uh, you know, a more often thing, especially since you're right up the freeway from me. That sounds great, Archie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.